Welcome back to Fulfilling Life's Yearnings with Blake Soule. Today's guest is growing pastry chef Hannah Salady. Coming live from the Fly Studio in Commerce Township, it's the Fulfilling Life's Yearnings Podcast! And I'm your host, Blake Giovanni Thomas Soule. And if you're ready to be your best by writing the script of your life to whatever you want it to be, and taking action on your dreams, then this is the podcast for you. It's time to enter the fly zone. Hey, what's up? It's the fly host you love the most, and I'm back with another episode that's going to help you fulfill your life's yearnings. And today I have another special guest on with me today, and her name is... Hannah, Hannah, pronounce your last name for me again. It's Salady. <laughs> Hannah Salady. And Hannah, her background is she is a growing pastry chef working downtown in the ever-blossoming city of Detroit. And she's currently striving to find balance in life of excelling in her confectionery career while feeding other interests such as fitness, media, and vintage clothing. Now, Hannah's favorite three topics to talk about are pastry arts, two, music, and number three, vintage goods. So, Hannah, how are you doing today? I'm doing wonderful, Blake. How are you? I'm great. Thanks for being on the show with me. Um, if that's awesome, we're going to have a fun time. You know, just just about a half hour conversation today with uh, another millennial who's doing some cool things in their life. So Hannah, just off the bat, um, did I cover everything in your intro or is there a little bit more that you would like to go in um, detail about? Well, I think you covered most of it. I'm currently a 22-year-old young adult. I work downtown in the beautiful city of Detroit. I've grown a real love for that city as I've worked there. And I am a pastry cook right now, just trying to learn the ropes of the confectionery world. Nice. So <laughs> how did, why pastry chef? What, where does that all come from? Was it something you always wanted to do since you were a kid? Can you talk about that? Sure. Well, I've always watched my mom growing up. She's a great baker. And I lived in a bed and breakfast when I was younger. Um, my mom ran the bed and breakfast and she was always baking for all of the guests and everything. So it was a really cool atmosphere to grow up in and see that every day. And then when I got into high school, there was a culinary program I could go to and learn the ropes of that. And the baking always just stuck out over the cooking for me. I love cakes and I love to eat sweets as well as make them. So it's been a lot of fun to learn all of the different trades in that pastry skill. Nice. So yeah. how do you not eat all the sweets? <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, I do eat some of them. We get to try so many things throughout all of my jobs. Of course, you feel like you need to try things to experience new flavors and to know what your product is. So I just try to keep the fitness hobby as strong as the pastry hobby, hoping that it'll balance out and I'll be a healthy person, you know. But right. of course, I love to try everything. <laughs> <laughs> so 
that's really cool what is it i guess like what's the experience like being a pastry chef what what type of different things did you have to you know go through to get to where you are now well, of course, the first step was school. Mm-hmm. Uh, I went through a one-year pastry program at Schoolcraft College. That's in Livonia, Michigan. Uh, of course, when you get into your program, you're just thrown into everything right away. It's a very fast-paced environment, uh, really a, an intimidating environment with all ages of people from all walks of life. Wow. But it's, it's really good to just be thrown into it. It gives you a backbone for the profession you chose and um, really just gets you started to learn and keep your eyes open while you're in the pastry world because it's a very competitive industry for sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So from being in that, you know, the one-year program, uh, what, what was it that, that helped you accomplish? You know, from, was it like an internship thing where you had to go work at different places or was it kind of like everything was just you know in-house and you just picked it up while you were in the program everything was pretty Mm -hmm. in-house it was a 30-week program so you have 15 weeks of pastry skills and 15 weeks of baking they're actually very different Um, Mm. pastry is more like plating and the look of everything cakes and baking is more of your breads, your muffins, cookies. It's funny, I actually had a three-week course on cookies alone. It, people seem to think that's entertaining. Or three weeks on artisan breads and three weeks on donuts or what have you. So it was really exciting. Our facility was full of awesome equipment and all of the best things. So you could really learn everything right there and get out into the world. Actually, a lot of my classmates were at least 10 to 15 years older than I was. So the new thing is kind of if you're in a profession that you're not loving, you start that culinary as a second passion in life, which is cool because it gave people the opportunity to start over and do something they really loved. It was nice to see. Yeah, that's really cool. So did you... You had a chance to like talk with many of the the older folks, and I know you said that they were doing it for for a, a second career. So looking <laughs> looking at them, or maybe even conversating with them, how did how did that make you feel for what you were going into? Well, I got really close with a lot of them. You mm-hmm. go to class every day, and you spend a lot of time with these people. Um, you know, people even my parents' age, which was fun. They came through all walks of life, all different types of professions. I do feel that this is something I will be doing long term just because I love it so much. Um, But it was nice for them to just have that second outlet, maybe even a more creative outlet to experience something new and take a program that's only a year long. So just in case they take it and don't love it, they still have time to do other things too. All right. That's really cool. So even people could do it for like um, just to learn a new skill. Oh, field. totally. Yeah, definitely. That's yeah. awesome. So what was what was your favorite part of the program? I know you said there was different weeks for different types of pastries and bakings. Which one did you like the most? Or did you like all of it? I did like all of it, but <laughs> I think my favorite was learning about bread. Bread is such a relaxing thing to make, you know, kneading the dough and there's 
12 stages to making bread, which seems crazy. Um, but it's a, a long, really beautiful process for someone like me who just appreciates, you know, how to make everything right. Um, it's, it's really cool to see how things, you know, expand and bake and bread was definitely my favorite to learn for sure. Mm -hmm. Nice. I'm actually curious then, can you walk us through what, what everything for bread making that you recall is? Sure. Um, I don't know if I can hit all 12 steps. That's okay. <laughs> okay. So first you scale out your ingredients and then of course you mix them all together. Um, sometimes, you know, mixing is important. There's different ways to mix up the dough. Mm -hmm. So you bulk ferment it, which means you let it rise um, all together. Then you can section up the bread. Sometimes you section it up and let those individual pieces rise. Uh, of course, you need to set bread up to go in the oven. You can slice it and score it in different ways. Um, we actually got to make bread sculptures, so you can make it into different shapes or more of an artisan style or more of a new style. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, you bake it, and we got to try it, and we nice. got to try all the bread we made. So <laughs> it was delicious, believe me. <laughs> what, what was the favorite bread you made? I would say more of the artisan breads. You know, bread was invented a long, long time ago, so mm -hmm. all the stuff that's really natural, like it was back then, seemed the best with the whole grains and everything, the, the flax, all of that. Nice. Yeah, I think... <laughs> When being in Paris, I really enjoyed the uh, the baguettes, the baguettes oh, yeah. or, or would croissants be considered bread or would that be more of a pastry? That would be more of baking. I I would consider it a pastry, but maybe not bread. But you okay. had croissants in Paris, though. Right. Yeah, I, I tried. Oh. I tried all of their stuff there. <laughs> that was incredible. I've never been. <laughs> yeah, I do. I, my my favorite thing to get was there was a little uh, like boulangerie on the corner from our school, and we would mm -hmm. always go there for lunchtime and just get you know one of their baguette sandwiches, and it oh, would have yeah. you know the baguettes were a little bit harder, but uh -huh. you could get like tuna or whatever else you wanted inside of it, and then they would, they would either give it to you cold or they would um, heat it up for you. Oh, that sounds so good. Yeah, yeah, so that, that was my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So from from um, from school and the one-year program, where did, you, where did you end up going after that to continue, you know, baking and doing pastries? I started in a small-scale bakery. It was specifically a cake shop, and that's actually where I grew um, my love of cake making. I'd say if I have a specialty in the baking world, it's cakes, mm -hmm. uh, custom cakes. Like, I make a lot of cakes for my friends. Um, I've done a lot of wedding cakes this past summer for friends, which has been really exciting. And that was kind of a, a quainter environment where I could be under someone's wing really directly and, and learn a bunch of skills, right. which was good for me. Yeah. Sometimes you get into those really big kitchen atmospheres like I am in now, and there's not always time for someone to just sit with you and say, this is how you do things. You have to fend for yourself a little. So different environments are good to learn different things. Now, that's pretty, when you, um, make all these different cakes for for your friends do you almost feel like you're 
putting a piece of yourself into you know each creation do you think about them while you're making it and like a part of you becomes the cake and when you give it to them for their you know for their birthday or for their celebration I do I take it very seriously of course I want to put love into every cake I make right but for instance I've made a few wedding cakes for really close friends this summer and you just feel the love and usually things turn out better when you know who it's for. You just want it to be so nice and you want them to love it and love the day and their celebration. So it's definitely more special when you know the recipient. That's mm. awesome. <laughs> so now now that you're not at the at the the cake shop anymore, what what do you do now? I am in a banquet setting, so the Detroit Athletic Club is directly in downtown Detroit, mm -hmm. and we have a staff of, I, I would say, over 50 chefs, so it's a, a much larger setting than what I was used to before. I work with six full-time bakers who are there all hours of the day. There's actually someone in my bake shop from morning to night, from 12 a.m. to 12 p.m., oh, wow. all day long. Mm -hmm. So it's a very fast-paced environment. Uh, during the busy season, which is September through May, you're just there all the time, and you really grow to be a family with whoever you're working with because you're just working so much. Mm -hmm. But it can be rewarding if you love it, which I do. So it's been a great experience so far. That's awesome. So what is it? What's been, since you're there, are, are you there a lot or do you guys kind of have like your own shift and schedules that you go into and what is it, what, why is it that you guys are there around the clock? Well, I work the morning shift, mm -hmm. so usually I will be there for eight hours, but depending on the day, I could be there for 10 hours, although I think when I say we're there all the time, um, a lot of weeks I'll work seven days a week for mm -hmm. the busy season uh, just because when you're talking about cooking, basically you need hands to prepare items mm -hmm. every day and you have so many items you have to make and only so many hands. So sometimes I'm there seven days a week, sometimes it's six days, um, but basically when you work every day of the week you just feel like it's your second home or even your first home like you spend more time there than you do at your own home um, but I work with some really wonderful ladies in my bake shop and we've become close friends to some of the best friends I've had in my life just because we share the baking um, the love for pastry and we're together so much <laughs> that's awesome so what is it that you're making there, are you still doing the cakes as well, or is it kind of like you're uh, making whatever they need? I get some really strange requests, mm -hmm. actually. Um, people will request a really simple buttercream cake. A few weeks ago, I made a topsy-turvy Halloween wedding cake. Really? Next, yeah, it was really <laughs> fun. Um, next week, I'm making a Michigan mitten cake, so um, I've done an Orioles baseball cake this summer it's really just whatever the person can create in their mind and then hopefully you can create that out of cake and frosting which can be really challenging but it's super rewarding if they love it so nice. it's really hard to make what they want <laughs> <laughs> so like uh like the, the tv show was a cake boss when they have all the mm -hmm. the crazy cakes being made 
Yes. What's, it's what's, a, what's the thing. craziest one you've made so far then? Like oh, very man. elaborate. Elaborate. Oh, uh, last year I made a J. Crew dress shirt and I put it in a dress shirt box with tissue paper around it and it was this crazy plaid colorful shirt I printed off the J. Crew tag it was for my boyfriend um, and it looked like a real shirt it had buttons and a collar and I would say that was probably one of my highest <laughs> achievements like my proudest moments everyone loved it they just went nuts it was really cool <laughs> it sweet. looked like a shirt yeah so did you actually make it pretty big, like a, like actual shirt size too? I did. I bought oh, wow. an actual shirt box, and mm -hmm. then I made it to what size I thought he was, and he he loved it. And then we ate it, and it was really funny. That no one wants to cut cakes when you make a nice cake because no, they don't want to, <laughs> to ruin it because it's so pretty or whatever. But I don't mind cutting it at all. <laughs> That is awesome. So enough with the the pastry. I could go on and on and ask you questions about that because that's so fascinating for me. I'm not. I really don't bake that much other than I used to do uh, monkey bread. <laughs> oh, that's a great thing to yeah, know. I love monkey bread. Yeah, so that's, that, so that's the one thing that I always make. But um, other than doing the pastry arts, you say you're also into you know, music. What what type of mm -hmm. music are you into? I really love classic rock music. My mm -hmm. parents grew up, well, I grew up in the house listening to Tom Petty and Led Zeppelin and um, Hearts, like all of the classic groups. And actually, working in Detroit has really brought that love out for me because a lot of my coworkers are older and they listen to classic rock and kind of have taught me the group names and, you know, the song names and everything. And just being in the city, I don't know what it is, but just, like, being downtown in the city and listening to rock and roll has really made me appreciate it so much more. It's funny. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Did you see yourself going to Detroit, or was it kind of something that was like a, a surprise opportunity? It was definitely a surprise. The job I work with now, mm -hmm. I never thought I would get. It's a really well-known establishment. Okay. Um, and, and I'd really not been to Detroit a whole lot before that. You know, of course, there's the Detroit Tigers and the Red Wings. I'd never been to a game before last year, so everything was, like, super new to me. The Lions were new. Um, but I just started working downtown and fell in love with the city. It's so much different than other cities. Uh, like, Chicago... It's huge, but the streets are bustling with people all the time. Right. And then you go to Detroit, and the streets could be empty depending on where you go. Not because it's unsafe, but just because the population is less. But there's so much love and heart in it. I just love it. It's really a beautiful city. Nice. So can you, can you touch on that a little bit more? What, what is it that you feel... You know, makes makes Detroit so uh, unique. I know you talked about how it's, you could go around places and there won't be that many people around, which is which I actually kind of like as well, since it's not overcrowded. I'm actually yeah. Kinda, I'm actually nervous about how it's gonna look in the future with so many people down there. 
But, I know. But um, what is it that you find so charming about it now? Well, of course, Detroit has gone through some devastation and financial devastation. I know that having a lot of abandoned buildings is not a good thing because it means that there's less life than there was. But I tried to imagine all of those abandoned buildings and how they were full 30 years ago. And I really see a lot of beauty and kind of the destruction of all of it. And there's these massive mansions and just so much history. And it's exciting to learn about the different corners of Detroit as you find them and hear from the elders that you meet there, you know, what went on and hopefully what's coming back. Hopefully things are growing back into what they were. Okay. Now you mentioned that you go over to Cass Quarter. Can you talk about like what that is? Absolutely. Um, Cass is near Wayne State for those who are familiar with that university. Um, it is a safer district, although I do have an uncle that lives in Cass. And, you know, there are safe parts and maybe unsafe parts in every district, really. But it's kind of the area where a lot of the Wayne State students, you know, walk around and there's the campus and there's a lot of really great clothing stores and restaurants, mm -hmm. um, a few fun bars we like to visit with so much character, like there's an old vet bar, What's Old Miami. Old Miami, have you been there? No, I have not. It's super cool, just so much history and like pins all over the walls. It's a really neat place, and there's a lot of young people there actually, mm -hmm. like a really good youth population. <laughs> awesome, that's pretty cool. Um, I wanted to also ask about, you know, say someone was interested in, in doing what you do as a pastry chef, what, what, what would be your advice just to almost like a, this is what you got to do and then start working on this stuff to end up here? Well, culinary and pastry are one of the few careers you can enter without school. Mm -hmm. And I definitely recommend going to school. But when I went, I was 18, and I was really young and a little naive. And I hadn't had a pastry job yet. I feel like everything was so brand new. I would almost suggest to someone who wanted to do this, if they could find a job in a small shop, you know, that specialized in some sort of pastry, to learn skills under the wing of a supervisor, then maybe in a few years go to school, refine those skills, and then kill it somewhere big, you know, like somewhere in the workforce with higher esteem and higher, a bigger name. Uh, but it's never too late to start, which is awesome. Some mm -hmm. careers you can't jump right into, but this one, no matter what age you are or what skill level, you can always practice at home, and there's so many resources now on the internet just to look up a video and try it out right exactly that's how i learned a lot of my things i just yeah went to uh <laughs> university of google and find it on there <laughs> or youtube yeah. or something like that absolutely awesome. what is it that is driving you to you know keep pursuing being a pastry chef you know uh, i know you talked about earlier that you grew up around it but what else is it about it that that makes you passionate for this art well, I'm definitely a perfectionist. Okay. Baking and pastry is all about 
precise measurements. It's not like cooking where if you mess up some ingredients, you can just throw more of this in there. It's a really refined science, basically, and a special art. So I love pretty things, and you get to make so many beautiful, unique, pretty things when you're a pastry chef. Um, I also really love the physical aspect of it. I, I'll go to work and carry 40 pounds of margarine up four flights of stairs, oh. and I just, <laughs> I like to be moving, and, you know, a desk job's never really been for me, so the physical movement of it is exciting, too. It's tiring, but exciting, nonetheless. Nice. So, so you just said it was almost, that it's like a science. Can you talk about that a little bit? Because I'm curious, what does that mean? Well, say you make a batch of muffins mm -hmm. and you put too much oil in the muffins. They literally will not rise. They won't look like muffins. You know, there's leaveners like baking soda and baking powder. If you put too much baking powder in your muffins, they might explode. You know, like it, it really is a definite science with ingredients and you, you can't really guess. You kind of have to go by a recipe because things just sometimes things don't even turn out when you try really hard, you know. <laughs> you have to have some experience, and, and you learn as you go. It's it's a fun process. That's awesome. So for, the, for some of the things you're making now, are you just going off of memory, or do you still refer to um, the the actual ingredients that it calls for as well? That's some, something you always have to do? Well, there's a little room for change. Mm -hmm. Um Usually, if you put something in the oven, you have to go buy a recipe. Mm -hmm. It's it's just good to measure. But if you're making something like a ganache, you don't have to bake that. You know, it's just chocolate and cream, and you can add different flavorings to it. So there is a little room. I won't say there's a ton of room, but of course, there's always room for creativity, whatever you're doing. Right. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. So I do know you have like a... You know, a creative style, and mm -hmm. your other favorite topic to talk about is vintage goods. What What is that? Mm -hmm. I recently got into vintage stuff over the last year. I actually um, started a vintage clothing website online. Oh, nice. And I feel like, of course I love pastries, but it's really important to have an outlet that maybe I can come home from work and, you know, work on something else that doesn't take up so much of my mind. It's just something I enjoy. So, um, yeah, my site is an Etsy site and I just sell vintage clothing from the thirties to the nineties. Wow. Uh, and it's been fun, you know, to take pictures of stuff and hunt for antiques and, and things. It's been really cool. That's awesome. So what's your site called? It's Rebel Supply Vintage on Etsy. Um, the site is about five months old, but doing well and growing every day. And it's fun to play with looks. Um, I'm currently trying to find some models to, you know, wear my clothing for me so I can photograph. And just a creative outlet to do something other than pastries also. That's awesome. So is it just uh, women's clothing or do you also do males as well? I'm trying to get more into men's because mm -hmm. the men's vintage clothing is not as prevalent online, which makes me sad because a lot of the guys are really looking for stuff, 
and it's mostly women's clothing. So my shop right now is mostly women's items, but I okay. am trying to find more men's items. That's awesome. So say say the name of it one more time. It's uh, you said Rebel Supply Vintage. Yes. Dot com, and it's like at Etsy's website. Yes, I also have an Instagram. It's Rebel right. Supply Vintage on Instagram. <laughs> That's cool. So yeah, so also let's see. So is this what else you do to kind of break up your time as far as trying to find balance? Yes. Yeah. Sometimes the culinary profession gets so stressful, mm-hmm. and I like to be busy. I don't like to just come home and sit and watch a movie, you know. So the the vintage thing, I can work on my shop and like go and hunt for new items. It's been really enjoyable for me. I've found a passion for it. Nice. That's pretty cool. Actually, that is really cool. So for you to set up your own shop, are those things that you have with you, or do you ship them out of somewhere else? You have a warehouse that you um, physically go to and then send people stuff when they order it. I actually do everything from home. Some of the bigger businesses will have an actual shop where Mm -hmm. you can walk in and buy things. I think I'm interested soon in trying pop-up markets and flea markets, like renting a stand there. Uh, But for now, I take pictures around Detroit of my items, and I love that because you get to see kind of the style of Detroit with everything that I'm selling. Uh, And then I send things from home, and it's pretty home-based right now. Hopefully it'll grow. Yeah. So talk about what else you're into. So you got the the vintage goods. I did not know about that. That's awesome. You're Mm -hmm. doing pastry. How how else do you, you know, break up your time and, and, and find balance to do different things? Well, I try to keep up with the fitness, like I said, mm-hmm. with the pastries it's definitely important to <laughs> exercise off all of those cookies. <laughs> uh, fitness and I love meeting new people. I go to a lot of shows actually in Detroit and around Detroit. Um concerts are amazing and just kind of hitting up that scene and, you know, seeing my surroundings because I don't know if I'll live here forever. So mm-hmm. I really want to take advantage of it while I'm here. Right. That's awesome. So have you done the, I know people go around there and have groups that do uh, cycling around town. Have you done that yet down there? No, I oh, know okay. a few cyclers. Um, I know a few people. I haven't done it myself. There's so many cool things like the Detroit Bus Company, have you heard of that? Is that uh-huh. for the tours? Yeah, they yeah. they do tours also. Like they actually have all these buses um, that are painted in these crazy colors and stuff, and they'll take you on a, a tour or a bar crawl or something of Detroit. Oh, cool! So there's that too. There's so many different options down there. Nice. I like that. That's, that means a lot of things for people to do. <laughs> uh, yeah, there That's are. There's cool. so much. That's really cool. Um, that's sweet. So, guys, for listening in, um, you want to check out Hannah's Rebel Supply Vintage, which I think that's awesome. <laughs> uh, I got to bring some back of that, that old school, the classics. Um, you can check that out. All the links for that will be in today's show notes at fulfillinglifesyearnings.com forward slash fly. 052 so you can find all the links um hannah also said that it's on instagram so i will include that in the show notes page as well for today's episode 
and then is there anything else that um, like a parting message that you wanted to you know leave behind sure I guess I just like to tell anyone who's a young person or a person pursuing a new passion um, that there's no stopping what you can do if you love something and you do it every day that's definitely what you should be doing so just attack that dream and work towards it and with love and good intentions it'll work out for the best it, it always will perfect and then two more questions what's what's next for you are you planning on staying you know local or are you trying to go somewhere else to maybe work in a more uh, prestigious place what's the next plan I really actually would just like to be my own boss soon and only as a 22 year old I know that's a big dream but the sooner the better I feel I would just like to work for myself (laughs) soon. (laughs) Awesome and then the final question what does fulfilling life's yearnings mean to you? Fulfilling life's yearnings I have grown up you know I'm obviously just starting adulthood and there's so many factors there's money and time and relationships and all of this I think just finding a balance and doing what you love is the most important thing and not letting things like time or money keep you from doing that to just keep pushing because it's definitely tough to be an adult in today's world but with the right passion and the right motivation you can do anything you want to do that's awesome (laughs) <laughs> and, we'll, and we'll leave it with those final words from Hannah. Uh, everyone, thanks for listening in today. I really had a, gosh, a great time. If you could see me right now, I have a big grin on my face just because I, I love what Hannah is saying. And if you do as well, just let me know on the show notes page at fulfillinglifesjourneys.com forward slash fly 052. And you can also let me know on Twitter at Blake. Soule, and then also check out what Hannah is doing. She has some cool things that she's working on. I'll definitely make sure that I'll put those in the show notes. And as always, the ball is in your court to go out there and make sure you live life to the fullest and do the things that you love so that you can fulfill life's yearnings. And I'm Blake signing off. Go out there for the rest of your day and be fly. Thanks for listening to Fulfilling Life's Yearnings. I want to know what your biggest takeaway is, so please head on over to fulfillinglifesyearnings.com today and click on the show notes link for today's episode, which is located on the home page, and leave a comment. The show notes page is where you can find the resources mentioned during the show and will be very valuable for you on your own journey. To stay up to date about what's happening, please subscribe to my newsletter and subscribe to the show on iTunes. And while you're subscribing on iTunes, it would definitely mean a lot to me if you would leave a review to show future potential listeners of Fulfilling Life's Yearnings what you think as your voice helps them decide if Fulfilling Life's Yearnings is right for them. Now it's in your hands. Are you ready to fly? Until next episode, stay in the zone and make today a fly day by taking action on your dreams.